0: 1620 The Zone presents special coverage of the Nebraska head coach announcement presented by Shucks and absolutely fresh seafood only on 1620 The Zone.
1: Welcome into our special coverage of the Matt Rule announcement here on 1620 The Zone alongside Connor Happer, John Bishop. I'm Josh Peterson. Thank you so much for joining us On this Saturday morning, it is official, came down within the last half hour that Matt Rule is Nebraska's next head coach. And we have three hours of uninterrupted coverage today, so we'll be with you until 12.30. Brought to you by Shucks and absolutely fresh seafood, the best seafood in Omaha. John, uh, Happ and I have been on for... About 20 minutes, given our initial thoughts on everything going down, uh, it, before we kick this things off into to high gear, I wonder how, how you're feeling about the news being official, something I think we've expected over the last few days.
0: Well, first off, aloha. Welcome back from Hawaii. Um, hey, at least
1: the weather's nice,
0: huh? It's going to be in the 50s today. That'll be cool. Not bad. It's not bad. I wasn't, I wasn't complaining at all. Yeah. Um, well, you know, still trying to absorb it a little bit because uh, literally the uh, spastic texts that were coming in about 15 minutes ago woke me <laughs> up. So, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, this He's is still on Maui time. Oh, that's true. I am. I'm still on Maui time right now. Which, by the way, it would be 5:32. Uh, Nice. Um, hey, but, by the but, way,
1: we got one for you outside of the head coaching thing, right? Right away here, uh, Trey Palmer just announced that he is not returning to school next year. He will be uh, okay. headed to the draft. So there you go. It's going to come wow quick here. This wow,
0: way. wow, everything's happening fast. But you know, I think the thing though that. Um... That, that's interesting is the reports are saying that it's eight year contract
1: mm-hmm. that's and
0: that's in the in the release it's eight years yep by the way yeah. i never
1: got the release and neither release did this. i okay wow. Wow. Wow, they must hate uh, my conduct sad i could send apparently it so yeah to that, that is
0: yes please do connor thank you very much because you know i was reading um eric olson's uh his was the first thing that came up so i was reading his story and now i'm kind of gleaning what the others are saying but the the fact that it's an eight year contract, and you know, I thought initially, and I, you know, we don't have uh, financials yet, no, which which I think is going to be the most interesting part. And I know there's a lot of people out there, um, <clears throat> money, Chris, who are yeah. big fans of Nebraska, just you know, opening the Brinks truck and you know, doing whatever it takes to to buy the best. And the thing that makes this unique is Matt Rule has a 40 million dollar buyout coming his way. But the that that buyout is offset by whatever future salaries he earns. So in a weird way could Nebraska, you know, get by with, you know, a very a more backloaded contract where, you know, he could still get his Carolina money and Nebraska could get a little bit of a discount on the front end. Um Now, we have no idea what that's if that's going to be the case or if Matt rules like, you know what, really don't care. You know, I'm going to I'm going to get paid one way or another, but I want to coach. Obviously, he wants to coach. He wouldn't be signing this deal right away if he didn't. But um, the financials, I think, are going to be rather interesting because that's what's going to determine, you know, how. Uh, I don't damaging may not be the right word, but let's face it. Liquidated damages are now part of the lexicon of college sports, and Nebraska has paid more of them than any other program in the country when it comes to paying off football coaches, athletic directors, basketball coaches over the last 20 years. And so I'll, I'll be fascinated to see what the financials are in this. But ultimately, at the end of this very lengthy process, I think Nebraska got about as good a candidate as I think they could have, mm-hmm. realistically. Yeah. And I, and I know that there are going to be some folks who are still going to be saying it should have been Urban, you know, or it should have been this guy, or, or you know, maybe Luke Fickle, something like that. But in terms of what I think they realistically could have had on the table, I think Matt Rule is if he's not that guy he's one of those small pod of guys that i think you know if nebraska shooting high realistically shooting high without being you know crazy i think this is this is definitely near the top
1: no i don't think there's any doubt Uh, i mean you know and and I think it's a you know if we're talking about how the the fans sort of respond to it as well. It looks like yeah, Matt Rule's gonna it Looks go like on Matt's college. on
0: uh, on College Game Day. Yeah. Can we bring up that audio? I don't know if we can. Uh, we might be able to get it to if Conrad can get it over to
1: the uh, on the on the smaller TV there. Tell uh, you we'll what, what, I'll I mute can. my
0: mic and listen here for a second, and uh, I'll let you know what what he says until we can get that audio up. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, so there's there's that piece of it, and and as far as the quality of candidates that were out there, and then there's also you know what how people um, you know sort of take to the hiring, and and I think Matt Rule um, could be a guy that you could convince yourself on. Quite easily, you know. He's, yep. Yeah. He's. He's. I just. I like that he's had a lot of different experience, and you know. Me too, I, man. Ravi and I were talking about this last night. Josh and Big Red Overreaction, which is one of the weirder versions of Big Red Overreaction that that's ever happened. Oh, I can't imagine. Seriously, <laughs> that Nebraska beat Iowa, and everybody's like, "Yeah, okay." So, Matt Rule, you got to convince me on this. So, um, we were talking about this last night. I like that he failed with the Panthers. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I mean, especially if you're talking about, um, you know, if you think about Scott Frost, I think, I think Scott Frost failing once, at least once in his coaching career, would have been great for him prior yep. to getting his first big job. And now he takes on Matt Rule takes on sort of a quote unquote prestige job in mm-hmm. college football, mm-hmm. coming off of immediately coming off of one where it didn't go well. So you have to evaluate everything and you have to you have to figure out, OK, what works and what did I learn? I, I like that he could take individual things from all of his individual experiences and that could and he's only, what, 49 years old. He's super young, man. He's only 49 years uh, old. I, got the like, I, I, I don't know. That's that's a it just is a really good setup. Now, you never know, but it's a really good setup for how it works.
0: So guys, I can, uh, I can fill in a little bit, you know, while we were getting the uh, audio set before the, um, before we joined it in progress, he was asked about development and he made mention of, you know, watching the NFL draft and seeing six Baylor kids go to, uh, go to NFL teams. And, you know, he said, well, that's kind of an example of the development that my program started. Then Dave Aranda's took over. Um, and, and, and He said a lot of the things in the parts that you did hear and also in the parts that you didn't hear that just seemed to echo everything that Trev Alberts was talking about three months ago or whatever it's been now, two and a half months ago. And you heard it there at the very end with the, you know, everyone's got to be in alignment, you know, with the coach, to the athletic director, to the chancellor, and and et cetera. And so I think you're getting an indication pretty early as to, you know – it's funny how this all, how this all happens because um, you know, while we've been, you know, speculating for the last 70 ish days um, at the end of the day, everything is kind of going back and aligning to what Trev talked about on September 11, And that is, you know, making sure that everyone's aligned, making sure that someone's a grinder, making sure that we have great development, making sure that, you know, you know, we're physical and all of those things. And, Matt Rule seems to embody that and seems to say a lot of those same things, you know, publicly. So um, Nebraska is getting at least a little bit of a buzz on this big game Saturday um, and getting a little prime airtime. of course, Rule was on NFL Network earlier this week, yep. uh, making a couple of different appearances. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a little bit of a buzz factor. Trev's using some of the media savvy from his past to um, to try to amplify this announcement as much as possible uh so at 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 the end of the day though uh what's going to what's what's really going to be fascinating guys is the financials and then also what he decides to do with his coaching staff and you heard him say mickey couldn't agree more a second ago um he he even he even did mention scott frost and i'm sure there were some people out there who retched you know when he said he talked to coach osborne because you know how people get with when uh when Tom Osborne's name is mentioned, it's like, Oh my God, he's meddling again. (laughs) Um, But, but how he's going to put together that staff, who he's going to put on that staff will tell us an awful lot early on about just how serious he is. And I anticipate he's going to be very serious. Um, And so that, that will probably be the next fun exercise over the next seven to 14 days is trying to piece together. I wonder what people he's been connected to in the past. I wonder what kind of folks he might, you know, bring over from this previous experience or this previous experience or someone who's currently out of a out of a gig or someone that they're trying to steal away from somebody else. Because Yet, it sounds like it sounds like Matt Rule is going to, you know, do everything, do his level best to try to really make as much of an impact as possible early on.
1: John, one of the things that I would say off of that 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 I found so impressive about Matt Rule at at Baylor, uh, is one of the first hires that he made when he got there was a guy named Joey McGuire who at the time had been a head coach for Cedar Hills. He'd been head coach for over a decade when Joey McGuire got hired by Baylor to coach tight ends. Super plugged in, though, to the state of Texas. He's not Texas Tech's head coach. So, I mean, he identified somebody early on when he was at Baylor and said, okay, how do I best emphasize or take advantage of this state with the coaches? Because I can't imagine he had a whole lot of Texas ties. And and so often we'll see coaches enter into a state sometimes it's texas itself you know i remember they've had coaches in in the post mac brown era who have not quote unquote played nice with the high school coaches down there and we can laugh and we can point and say that's pretty stupid that they have to kind of kiss the ring but that's a part of the job down there he is someone who it seems like wherever he goes he blends in he finds the people that he needs to find to help so what does that like it's pretty easy to figure what that looks like at texas or in the state of texas what does that look like here you know, what is the equivalent of that? Is it, is it a a Midwestern guy? Is it a Kansas City guy? Is it, you know, what, what does that look like? It, is it a, you know, old school Big Ten Midwest type guy over by Michigan and Ohio? So that's kind of the thing that I'm wondering about is who is, who does he know? Who is he identifying? Who does he know that have ties? I mean, the good thing, of course, being that he's a Penn State alum, uh, you know, that he coached at Temple. He knows that part of the the Big Ten footprint. But how does he feel about the the more Midwestern Great Plains part of the Big 10 footprint and and yeah so I I can't wait. I can't wait to see who he identifies, who his coordinators are and and kind of how he wants to put together a staff overall. Well, I know one way that you can probably get on board with the uh with the folks of the Midwest from a football standpoint, you talk about elite linemen, <laughs> you know. And that was one of the things he mentioned yes. in his game day interview from the beach by the way with the selfie yes. cam from the beach. Uh-huh great look nice
0: quality by the way good whatever <laughs> he had i'm sure phone, john i'm guessing it's an android because that's the superior technology <laughs> but
1: this is what happens in matt rule programs man they they de- and maybe it takes some time but they develop and eventually after two or three years and we've seen two examples of this they have they they are really good along the lines and and that is you got to think that's near the top of the list of what trev alberts was looking for Um, And how they're going to sort of build this this program. And it's not just look, it's not just offensive line. It's defensive line, too. Um, He's had good defensive line coaches with him everywhere he's been. Um, You know, that's that's going to be a thing that they that they talk about daily and and do. And then there's always to talk about the type of bodies that they have. You know, they're they're long and lean and athletic bodies. And then they develop them over time. This is the great thing about about Matt Rule. The thing that he is known for is his development. Yep, and and key chiefly on in the trenches, and yep. and that's that's obviously something that we can't wait to see develop over two, three, four years.
0: One one name to watch for uh, early on will be Glenn Thomas, who yes. is the offensive coordinator at Arizona State, and of course that program is going oh. through its own changes. But Thomas was with him at Baylor um and and certainly they had a lot of success together mm-hmm. so i mean that's a name that's going to be thrown out there i know i'm looking at some of the comments right now and by the way for those of you who are watching along uh in the stream uh and in addition to listening here on 1620 the zone uh you can comment on our uh, on our youtube page if you're watching along on youtube and there's been a few joe brady mentions uh, this morning, but yeah, you always look to guys who have worked with him in the past, and Glenn Thomas certainly is there. He worked with him at Baylor. Um, guessing that, um, you know, they're not gonna have the uh, <laughs> have the same luck with uh, with Texas Tech's head coach, but uh, <laughs> bringing him over, but still, that's not a bad, not a bad place to go either. But there's gonna, it, 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 and it's not just about the people he knows. I'm guessing there's also gonna be a few folks that. He's gonna try to, you know, pick off from other schools because, you know, I'm gonna assume for the moment whether Nebraska went big with money or not, I know they went big with years, but my guess is they're gonna go big with the assistant pool as well. And I don't think Matt Rule would have accepted this job if if Trev Alberts didn't say, Oh, and by the way, you also will have you know X amount for assistant coaches. So I think there's gonna be a pretty heavy influence um, and and, and maybe some bidding wars out there. Because remember, just as Nebraska was kind of competing with Auburn and Colorado and Arizona State, Georgia Tech, and all of these schools that have made changes, they're also going to be competing with some of those schools and others who are going to be making assistant coaching changes. Uh, And so that market is going to get very, very, uh, competitive here in the next few days as folks start to make their moves around college football.
1: Yeah, I'll, throw, I I'll Can I throw one more name out there before yeah. we move on? Please. How about um, Elijah Robinson at Texas A&M? He's a defensive line coach. So he was. he's a Penn State guy, just as Rule is, was with him at Temple and was with him for a year at Baylor before he took a, uh, the Texas A&M defensive line job in 2018. And now he's elevated to assistant head coach. Run game coordinator, defensive line. That's a guy from the recruiting standpoint and from the defensive line standpoint, has proven to be one, been one of the elite coaches in the country. Has has connections to rule. So I don't know if he's you know out of the market or whatever it might be out of the price range, um, depending on how they want to set up their staff in terms of like the hierarchy part of it. But that's that's a big big name. Um, to watch in the in the next coming days here. Yeah, and I'll add on top of what John said for a moment, Happer, and, you know, we, we've talked so much about Big Ten television money and what does that mean? And usually, we kind of focus on the head coach, right? And it makes sense. You have all that money. You're able to, to give a coach an eight-year contract, probably worth many millions of dollars. But I think where it really can kind of show itself is down the line, and that's, of course, the coordinator's But even further down the line, whether it's with defensive line coaches, special teams coaches, wide receivers coaches, the analysts, you know, what is his ideal staff in terms of putting together the analysts and and having those types of of guys as well. So that this is the part I think now, like, of course, we've been wondering, we've been chasing this story. Who's the head coach? We know who the head coach is. I can't wait to see. You just mentioned a defensive line coach Happer. I'll be honest. I don't really know a whole lot about him as a coach, but you say Texas A&M and I think, Oh my gosh, he's, I know he's brought in multiple five stars on the defensive line over the last couple of years. And so when, when your mind, when my mind starts going in that direction, it it gets very exciting very quickly. And that's why I hope that, you know, I'm guessing I'm not going to know a whole lot of wide receiver coaches or defensive line coaches names just off the top of my head, but you start looking at their resume, you start looking at where they recruited, where they have recruiting ties. And I think that's where it can get really exciting, even if you just had to go to the guy's Wikipedia page five minutes earlier to learn, even you know where he's been over the course well, of his career. Well, and and how about you know how about the mention of Mickey too? Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah,
0: yes, yeah, and, and 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 I think that was done. I think that was done intentionally. Um, Same with yeah. Frost. And, and, and to yes, to placate, to you know to placate the fans to you know acknowledge that. Um, you know, uh, hey, these guys were here and they did a good job. Because, you know, there are still folks, as, as crazy as it seems, that, you know, still supported Scott Frost. And, you know, he wants to – we kind of made fun of Mark Whipple for all the name-dropping way back when, but, you know, th- there were a few <laughs> names that needed to be dropped, Osborne's name, Mickey's name, Scott's name, just so, you know, you can kind of cover the gamut of Nebraska fans. But but Mickey Joseph, I think, is – you know, and the way he talked yesterday – after the game, it, you know, A, it's Mickey. He's very confident. He he knows his job is secure somewhere. He's going to have a job somewhere, and it's going to be probably a pretty good one. But also that he probably felt like he was in a decent spot to to still be around and to still do things here at Nebraska. Uh, and, it, and it would not surprise me if this is a combination that would be sufficient enough or satisfactory enough for Mickey Joseph to to want to stay. Now, I'm not saying he will stay. I want to make that clear. Sure. But I do believe that there is a a, a chance and a, and a decent and a decent chance that Mickey Joseph will still be on the next staff. Another name that's going to pop up and and probably rather soon is Mike Saravo, who is the linebackers coach right now with Carolina Panthers. He was with him at Baylor. He was his recruiting coordinator uh, at Baylor. Um, so that's going to be another name that's probably going to, and I know it doesn't probably resonate with a lot of folks out there, but Sarabo's literally been with Matt Rule at every stop, uh, Temple, and then Baylor, and then he went with him to Carolina. So, um, I'm guessing Mike Sarabo will probably be on the next staff in some capacity because it seems like these guys are. Are connected and they're both northeastern guys. So yeah, uh, he's from Rhode Island, of course. Matt Rules from the Northeast as it's just, well.
1: W- when you put it all together, I d- I just like his. Ob- now we'll see how it works, but I really really like his ability and his chances to build a staff that is ready to coach in this league. That is full of, and it's not just head coaches. It is staffs all across the league whether we're talking about offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, offensive line coach, special teams coordinator, like they all got to be good because the, the the Big Ten sort of has this way of finding where you're weak and finding your weaknesses. And that includes from the coaching department as well. How often do we talk about the Big Ten as a conference where it's about screwing up the least, right? Yeah. And that's that's that comes down to coaching. I like Matt Rule's chances to build a a big 10 caliber and quality of staff because of all the experiences that he's had at different places, the staffs that he's put together at Baylor. And then, you know, as, as he moved on into the NFL as well, I I just, you you don't know, but, but you like his chances. What will be interesting to see is how, how they sort of, you know, Josh was talking about this a little bit before, but are you going to, are you going to try and build a recruiting jug or not? Right. Like if yeah. you, keep, if you keep Mickey Joseph or you get the guy from Texas a and we're like, whoa, what are we talk? What kind of recruiting operation are we talking about here? So how does it look on the, like the development to recruiting scale, yes. sort of that sliding scale? That'll be, you know, something that we find out within the next couple of weeks here. Uh, By the way, the phones are open if anyone wants to give us a call at 402-951-1620. You can also text us there, which is what Ryan in Utah did. He says, Matt Rule is not going to work out here. He's never won a championship, and he didn't even beat a ranked team in his 11-1 and
0: season at Baylor. Give me a break. Can we have, have, by the way, a sound effect anytime someone brings up the not ranked team? Which, by the way, Josh, you and I debunked. Yeah, he beat Texas that year. Yeah, he beat a ranked Texas team, and, yeah. and I know. Maybe he's only yeah. beaten one ranked team, but anyway, yeah. please continue.
1: Yeah, uh, well, he he had just a little bit more. He says, we're going to look back on uh, this higher in three years, shaking our heads in disappointments, and then he adds, what does he want in his career? He's barely above five hundred as a head coach. Come on, guys. John, Happer and I discussed this to begin <sighs> the show a little bit earlier before we were on the radio. He is a coach where if you just click open his Wikipedia page and you see the seasons, Look, I get it. I get why you would say, oh, okay, maybe a flash-in-the-pan type coach. He had a nice run at the end of Baylor. He had a nice run at the end of Temple, but he never had anything sustained. I just (laughs) It doesn't tell the whole story, and I don't know how many times we have to go through the situation he walked into at Baylor and how bad it was and how toxic it was. It wasn't just the football program. It wasn't just the head coach who had gotten fired in Art Browse. It was the university system that was toxic. He had to convince... Players and convince their parents to allow them go to the university, not to play for the football program. He had to convince them to be okay with being safe on that campus, and he was able to turn that place around very, very quickly. Look, there's no guarantee. I'm not going to get on here and pretend. like I, I, I know for sure how this is going to end, but I think that he is a smart coach. I think that he has had a, a, a good career in his in his short time in college as a head coach. I like that he's a line guy. I like that type of stuff. I like that he's coached some different positions. I like that the ties that he has and I just think he's incredibly smart. I love what he did. We just mentioned some of the stuff he did at Baylor. I loved what he walked into in terms of what he put together early on. So, yeah, look, if you want to open his Wikipedia page and say he sucks, okay, that's fine. But I don't think that that tells well, the entire story of what he is.
0: Well, Josh, unfortunately, um for those who just want to look at the superficial and and bef- before I get into my spiel here, I let me let me make it clear. I don't know that this is going to work. This anyone who wants to interpret today the same way we were five years ago when Scott Frost was hired and 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 the celebration and the oh, man, this is this is going to work and all that. That's I'm I'm not I'm not that guy today. So I'm not going to try to sit here and try to sell you necessarily how great Matt Rule is going to be, because I don't know. Okay, we don't know how good he is going to be. I do believe that in terms of the candidates that I think Nebraska could have realistically got, Nebraska got someone out of the deeper end of the pool, you know, where it is, where it's a little bit more competitive. I think Nebraska did. a. I think Trev Alberts made a good hire. That does not mean it's going to work. I just think I think Nebraska made a good hire now. For those of you who just want to look at the superficial stuff like the Wikipedia page, you could have found crap with everybody who would have been in that realistic pool of candidates, unless you're one of those urbanites who, you know, insisted that it had to be Urban Meyer. I'm going to keep hammering this point home until my last breath. Urban Meyer would not have had the energy to do this job. Period. End of story. That's my belief. I'm going to stick with it, and I don't think with all the toxicity that comes with Urban Meyer, that would have been a good move. So for those of you who are looking at, well, they had to they had to go for a guy who's won national championships, literally the pool of the guys who have won national championships in college football, two of them are currently actively coaching and ain't going anywhere. A third one just won a national championship. He ain't going anywhere. And Urban Meyer. That's pretty much your pool, okay? Yeah. So so slide all of that unrealism off the table for a moment. Look at all of the other candidates that Nebraska could have shot for. Now maybe you look at a Luke Fickle. Yeah, Luke Fickle's done some great stuff at Cincinnati. But I guarantee you someone would have come on here today and said something to the effect of, well, but he was only in the ACC. Look what happened when they went to the playoff and they got beat by Alabama. I mean, you could you can shoot holes through a lot of these guys. So let's look at the stuff that he has done and some of the stuff that may apply here and see if those things, if those elements are going to be elements that could work here. There's no guarantee this is going to work, okay? None. There is zero guarantee that this is going to work. But there are some elements to this that show you the guy knows how to build programs, the guy knows how to build line play, He knows how to recruit and maybe recruit in a creative way so as to, you know, uh, find diamonds in the rough or find players that maybe other people have passed over. He's also been able to develop those guys, and that's the key one right there. Josh, how many times have we talked about this over the last eight years? Nebraska's inability to develop its highest-rated recruits has been a cancer. In addition to the toxicity of, you know, coaches not getting along with their ads and presidents and whatever, that. But from a football perspective, that's been the biggest thing that has hurt Nebraska football. I'll bring up. We've got three more hours. I'll bring up. I'll, I'll go back what and happened? I'll look at our hits, misses, and guys, and just and just bring up the numbers. Yeah, it ain't. Good it's bad. not good. But Matt Rule does have, in his past in college football, an ability to show, hey. Here's guys that, you know, were probably three-star recruits. Now they're playing in the NFL. Mm -hmm. That's what Nebraska football used to do. Mm -hmm. They haven't been doing that for a long time, and that's Mm -hmm. what Trev Alberts was looking for. That That is one of the things that I think make this a good hire. Again, doesn't guarantee anything. It's a whole new league. He's never coached in the Big Ten before. I get all that. But there are elements to this hire that make you look at it and go, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. That This guy looks like he could be a good fit.
1: Going to take a, a five-second break real fast so we can get in a legal ID. You're listening to coverage of the announcement. Matt Rule, Nebraska's next head football coach here on 16.